Hello and welcome to the More Energy Time podcast with Jane Hannah and Hazel Anderson Turner. And we're on a mission to help you have more energy. And we are bringing to this podcast our own experience and the challenges that we face, and also the challenges that our clients face and research and other stuff that we we think you might find, find useful. Um, so Jane, what are we going to chat about today? I think we should talk about how and when and why we move our bodies and the motivation around that. So it's still the start of the year. And it's one of those things that lots of people set themselves a New Year's resolution on, you know, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. Um, Very rarely do people say I'm going to move less um, uh, at the start of the year. And it's a good one, actually. Uh, It was some feedback from a friend of mine who'd been listening to some of our podcasts. And he said, oh, it'd be really good if you can help people um, to think more about moving their bodies, but how to get motivated to do it. Because I think sometimes, well, just life is a bit more sedentary probably than our ancestors from decades ago. And if you don't move your body much, it's a really big thing to start doing it. And I think we've both got examples. You've got your half marathon coming up. You know, I've got lots of challenges coming up, but I never used to move my body. I used to just sit on my bum. You know, the only movement I probably had was like student nights, dancing till whatever time in the morning and walking home the 10 minutes via the kebab shop. And I'd never think to just go for a walk or anything. And I remember years ago, just one morning going for a walk. And then I said about it to a friend of mine later and they were like, what? you just went for a walk? I was like, yeah. What, you didn't borrow a dog or anything? I was like, no, I just went for a walk. I just went to explore all the, I don't know, the trails and paths where I lived. And I don't know, it just sparked something in me that thinking, oh, going for a walk is so lovely. I think sometimes when we're younger, it's like, we're going out for a walk. Oh, oh, do we have to? You know, oh, oh, do we get an ice cream on route? You know, it was always paired with something. And I think that's where I'd like to start for people. You know, if you are thinking about moving your body more, where to start? But first of all, like what are the benefits of it? Because often we we need that little trigger to help us to do it. And for me, our absolute foundations of our life, of our bodies is our muscle. And I think it's one of those things that if we don't use it, we lose it. And there's amazing research, you know, when people have, um, I don't know, had operations or something and they have to sort of sit with their feet up and things like even in sort of 10, 14 days, the amount of muscle mass that you lose from not moving it. And when we talk about muscle, I guess people will instantly start thinking of, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger and all these great big and probably, you know, Christmas is never Christmas without world's strongest man. Do they have world's strongest women yet? Maybe, if not, hopefully it will come. But it's not about bulging muscles here and there, but think about your muscle. Um, It's like the foundation of your house. You know, if we haven't got that good muscular system, we're going to fall down eventually. And certainly my motivation at the moment for building muscle is, you know, when I'm old, uh, older, um, really old, I mean, I, I want to be able to sit myself down on the toilet and get up again, which is a simple squat position. You know, I want to be able to go to the shops and carry my bags, um, which if you're in the gym, that's what we'd call the farmer's, farmer's walk or farmer's carry. But everybody... It's just that start small with things Um, and, you know, all these gyms sometimes can present a real barrier to us. Like there's money involved. It's full of testosterone, people with big muscles, not wearing much. 
Um, there's just hurdles. So what I want to encourage people to do is to start doing things that they can do and that they enjoy. Um, and something I started doing a number of years ago to build some muscle around my core, because our core holds our top and our bottom together, is just doing a plank, um, which for anyone who hasn't seen a plank, I mean, YouTube it, but you're just sort of on your toes and on your on your arms and you squeeze everything in and it helps to develop your core. And for that, I don't even need to be out of my pyjamas. Um, there's always something around the house that weighs a little bit of something that you can sort of do do some resistance with and of course hopefully for most people listening and of course there'll be some who can't but people can could get out for a walk and the more we move our body the more muscle we'll get which means the less fat we'll have and that's really important but also as we're sat down if we've got some muscle we'll be burning more energy um, which is better than, you know, because we do live sedentary lives, a lot of people in office jobs and things, that we do sit down a lot more. So if we've got some muscle, we'll be burning more energy while we do it. Um, Hazel, tell us about your half marathon that you've got coming up and put you on the spot. What motivated, because that's the thing, isn't it? We've got to have the motivation to do something, but what motivated you to do it? So I think probably like, maybe many of the people listening to the podcast like they find a goal to be useful so there might have been people who you know started the new year and were like right I'm gonna set a goal in and and running is 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 something that that a lot of people do so they're like oh I'm gonna do a 10k this year or like me do a half marathon or a marathon and I think even the goal in itself and committing to it and telling other people that you that you're gonna do it is enough to help with your motivation. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a bit like me. And, and it's been a pattern throughout my life. Um, you know, I've come in and out of running and booking into an event helps me to, 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 I guess, make the time to do it and to, um, and to commit to it. I think because I say I'm going to do it, it helps me to to um, commit the time to it. I think if I just said, "Oh, I, I want to be more active," just a kind of general thing, uh, I'm not sure for my personality if that would have led to me actually, you know, getting out on these cold mornings and and doing the run. So, I the reason that I signed up for it was to ensure that I kept running through the winter so mine is at the end of Feb and I know I'm a bit of a fair weather runner so I purposefully do not have a rainproof jacket Um, I have a shower proof jacket for the summer but I don't I'm not going out if it's driving rain Um, so I did sign up for an event in November that I didn't go to I don't always have to go to the events I sign up for that's not the important bit I am going to go to the half marathon then um, touch wood but it's the it's 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 just that that focusing of the mind for me to say right i'm going to do it therefore this is this is motivation to put the time in i like that so it's that yeah something in the future that you've committed to means that you'll make the time to do it and on cold slightly drizzly mornings you'll still get out and do it because you've got that future me 
that that's coming up and um, for some people i know lots of people even who i do triathlons with they hate the race themselves the the actual race they're like oh my god i hate racing i'm like really why, why why do you go through all this then to do it and part of it is well they need to do stuff that's out of their comfort zone but i think for some people who aren't goal orientated like that and maybe things like that seem a bit scary it's almost changing that word and feelings from um maybe that goal to setting yourself standards which is maybe a broader um more holistic view to take on it so if we promise ourselves that we're going to hit these standards which might be the example you gave around i'm going to become more active um and these standards are just kind of what drives you to think right i'm going to get out of bed and i'm going to do this bit this morning i'm going to do a bit of core strength i'm going to go out for a walk but it's that commitment to yourself and it's interesting and from a psychology point of view i'd love your thoughts but that sort of what's what's the motivator? Is it intrinsic or extrinsic? And I don't know if there's like from your experience, maybe it's even different personality types find that from different in different ways. Yeah. And I think it's I think it's understanding in yourself what's going to be the thing that motivates you and your personality. So is it um yeah, there's going to be some kind of shiny, you know, often I think that marathon thing is um, that kind of external, yeah, I've achieved this thing. And actually that that sense of people going, oh, hey, wow, that's amazing. You ran a marathon. Um, and that is absolutely fine. You know, there's, there's no judgment if that's your motivation. Um, and also then there, there could be motivation around, you know, being healthier and, um enjoying the the community side of running and you know so so there can be lots of different motivations both you know inside us and also um from outside us um but i think it's it's understanding what's important to you and i think it is worth saying that i you know a year before signing up for these races my my starting point was just getting out there again. So joining a running club um, and going to that once a week, I was doing some resistance work in the gym to build my strength up. Uh, and, and I, you know, this has been slowly, slowly for me. Mm-hmm. So the younger Hazel would have been more, and I did do it once, you know, I put a post out going, does anyone want to do a marathon with me? <laughs> you know, went full throttle in the, um, in the training and ended up injured. I think I got to about half marathon uh, distance and and injured myself. And I've definitely, oh God, it sounds boring, doesn't it? To say, oh, I've learned, you know, because of now I've got more age and experience. Um, But I've come at it a lot slower and I could have gone, do you know what? I'm going to do full marathon at Brighton. You know, I could have done that to myself, um, but I chose something that would I don't know, just I wanted it to be enjoyable. That's the thing. I wanted that kind of what you're saying about the intrinsic motivation. Actually, I just love getting out there and I love running. So I don't need the big lofty goal. And also I've got a family. So going out, you know, for marathon style training is, you know, will be challenging. Um, but it's just a kind of like a goal that would keep me, keep me enjoying uh running without so too much of a risk of of injury yeah i think that's you said some really interesting things there 
when I talk to a lot of people, my clients, and they sort of say, oh, yeah, I want to move more and I want to do this and I want to do that. And we have to really pick apart what's realistic because, you know, people might have really busy, a really stressful time in their career at that point, their family, children relying on them in different ways, um, partners um, that do different things and, and need them. And I think sometimes trying to fit everything in creates so much uncomfort and that you just get, I guess, stressed out about trying to fit things in. And so I think it's really good that you've, you're, like you've highlighted, you've realistically said, right, right now in my life, this is what I have, time to commit to, but also it's going to fulfil what my drivers are, what my motivation is. So it's about, from what I've heard, you keeping moving over the winter, getting out on those sort of crisp, cooler mornings but it's being realistic with ourselves. And I think that's where, especially for New Year, people go in, like, you know, I don't know how many times I hear people say, right, I'm going to go running every day. And they don't they don't run at all yet. Um, so it's that, well, let's let's start small. You know, let's let's make sure you've got the trainers. Let's get outside, you know, once, once a week, commit to yourself because then, you know, you, you tend to enjoy it and you'll do it more. But if we make these great big commitments... Um, and then sometimes we can't fulfill it. We feel like a failure because that goes back to our negative bias. So it's like, right, that's it. I'm a failed runner. Trainers back in the cupboard for another 10 years until I decide to decide to get them back out. So if we were to sort of almost go with you, I'll do the psychology bit on you now. Under that layer, like really what is your motivation for doing the running? Not necessarily the half marathon, but the running. I think, I, I mean, I love the endorphin thing yeah so I love the I love what it does for my mood so I think when I was younger I used to run because I thought it would keep me thin yeah (laughs) or make me thin um and I've since learned that that is not the way to to lose weight actually running makes you hungry um but I I love being outside um I and I I love the feeling of like feeling my body in motion and and feeling I don't know your muscles and what your body can do um and I and so freedom is one of my values as well and I think when I'm running that's when I have the greatest sense of freedom and when I think about you know if I'm in a difficult situation and I'm struggling with my emotions I imagine myself running and I don't know if that's kind of like a psychological, I'm running away from my problems. Um, you know, I always think I just love to do a forest gump, <laughs> just put my trainers on and go. Um, but I think there is just something, it it really does help me with my stress. It just, it for me, it plays into so many of my values and I think into my mood. I can really see the difference. If I haven't been running for for like over a week, I feel sluggish um, and I just, I feel soft um, in my body. So, yeah. And you've talked lots when we've done our, some of our um, big talks with companies and things, and we do the bit at the end where it's about, okay, let's just set a really small goal or a small habit. And you always say, if you can link it to a value, you're just so much more likely to do it. Can you just expand like for the listeners a bit more on what that really means? Mm. So our values are our kind of the qualities that we live by, our principles that you were saying earlier, standards. 
Um, they're the stuff that really matter to us. So if we can link an activity that we're doing to one of our values, so for me, that that freedom piece, um, then it means that we're much more likely to do it. What we often do is we might link it to you know, something that's more of a status thing or an achievement thing. Um, so it feels like it's something that should be important to us. So like that whole, I'm going to do a marathon so that I can say that I've done a marathon because I want the badge. So, so a lot of my life, I did a lot of academic stuff because I wanted the badge because I wanted to feel credible. Um, and, and I wanted to feel like I'd achieved something. Whereas I think when it comes from your values, from what's important to you, so those values might be, um, so nature, health, um, community, you know, there's lots of values related to exercise that we can, that we could have. Um, then I think we're much more likely to do it and we're much more likely to get benefits back because when we're living our values, that's when we're we're living our life. We're living the life that matters to us rather than trying to uh, perform, you know, a, a life that we think we should be living. Yeah, that's, oh, I'm buzzing with like, things to talk about from that because those values are really important, aren't they? Because I think then it's about linking what we're doing when it comes to, and I, I certainly with my clients, I use the word movement more than exercise because sometimes we have this perception of, oh my God, exercise is like taking me back to my PE days and just doing things I don't want to do, but moving our bodies. And actually I talk to them about um, focus on the outcome of doing it, not the task that you're going to do. And you describe there, you know, that feeling of endorphins. And I think, you know, an endorphins for anyone listening who hasn't heard it, the word before, it comes from the word morphine. So it's like a natural painkiller. Um, and don't get me wrong, sometimes when we're doing this movement and exercise, whatever you want to call it, you might be feeling pain. But the minute you finish, this just happy hormone um, just floods through us and makes us feel amazing. And I think it's about remembering that feeling. And that's how it will make us feel. Because when we do feel a bit down um, or we've got our un uncomfortable emotions or we're feeling a bit stressed, it's about thinking of how can I, I guess, rise or increase our happy hormones, so our endorphins, serotonin things, to help us decrease those stress ones. And similar to you, like if I'm feeling a bit <clears throat> about something, just going out for a walk is my thing. It's it's probably not my running, swimming, triathlon stuff. Actually, I just want to be outside because I know being in nature, I mean, being in nature, all the data and all the research, like reduces our levels of feeling anxiety, depression, even just seeing pictures of nature has an impact on that. So, you know, think when you sort of turn your laptops and computers on in the morning, there's usually a picture of a beautiful island or, you know, a forest or something, flowers. That's to help us to feel good because that feeling in nature, and of course, we'd rather you were outside in it, but worst case, you know, just seeing a picture. So I think it goes back to think, helping people to get started. Like, what are your values? And if you don't think you've got values now, um, ready that you could just sort of trip off it might sound a bit morbid but I I like that thing where you sort of think what would I be telling a younger me when I'm on my last legs you know oh I'd have lived more I'd have moved my body more I'd have been stronger and and all these things and and maybe that's a time to stop and reflect and think what would I tell a younger me 
And actually, how closely am I aligned to living that life now? And the point you said about, um, you know, we we often live our lives because we think we should do it this way. Um, there's I can't remember the lady's name, but there's um, she's on a lot of podcasts, but she's she works um, with sort of end of end of care. Is that the right term? End of care patients or end of life patients. And she sort of wrote a book and her list of what they all talk about. And the biggest one is I wish I'd have lived the life that I wanted to live, not the one I thought I should live. Um, and that probably comes a bit away from movement. But what an empowering thought that sort of all our elders are saying, I wish I'd have lived the life that I really wanted to. And it, it's really got me thinking about that because, you know, what, what does drive us? Is it because we think we should? And, and a lot of people use that word. We throw the word around should a lot. And I hear a lot of people, especially, you know, with movement next, oh, I should go to the gym. Oh, I should go running. Oh, I should go to a hit class. And I'm like, why, why should you? And sometimes it's linked in, well, someone brought donuts in at lunch, you know, and I ate too, which comes back to your point of the exercise thing. Like, unfortunately, you know, we can't exercise our way out of a bad diet. Um, where exercise is absolutely brilliant for us is that it helps us to build that muscle and when we talked about it, actually, on our, our first New Year podcast, where we were talking about, you know, our, our relationship with food, and it was like, right, I want to lose three kilograms, I want to do this. But actually, you know, the sport and moving our body isn't the direct thing that will help us lose weight. And what we would just want to focus on is building muscle and decreasing fat. And the two things come hand in hand, because the more muscle we have, we can store more blood sugar which is called glycogen when it goes into our muscle and liver. And the more we can do that, the less is going to convert into fat. And again, I think that's a focus for people because, you know, we are so fixated on what our scales, the scales say in that one figure. What nobody ever really teaches us to do is to be able to look behind that data to see what it actually means. And it is that thing we just want to focus on building muscle because it's so important to us. And I think for people as well who are just sort of thinking about starting out and moving their body, do something you like. The best form of exercise or movement is the one that you're going to stick with regularly. I don't know how many people tell me, I hate going to the gym, Jane. I'm like, well, do not go to the gym then. Moving your body is something you should celebrate. Like, Don't link it to something that might be a bit negative and you're almost torturing yourself to go and do it. I've done a thing with a group of kids um, once. I said, right, go through the alphabet and I want you to come up with something, exercise, movement, whatever it is, an activity, a sport for every letter of the alphabet. And they did. In case you get to Q and you're stuck, Quidditch. Um, only kids would come up with that, of course. But I thought that is how many, and you know, out of the groups that did it, you know, there's three, four things for most letters. So we, we need to think a little bit more out of the box and things that we can incorporate into, I don't know, commutes, whether it's to school, to work, anything that's much more simple to fit in, walking the dog, um, anything like that, just do it, but get moving. I do think the other thing that I heard once, and I can't remember who said it, so I can't quote them, but who said, friend power is stronger than willpower. Because often we think it's a it's a fault in our willpower when we can't get going with movement. And whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, um, I think finding someone, whether it's one buddy that you can go and do something with, 
or a group that you can join, whether that's a cycling group uh, and a wild swimming group, uh, a walking group, uh, you know, a running group, whatever it is, um, a Zumba group. I was thinking about your alphabet then. Uh, I'm going through it in my head. Um, I, I do think there is such power in community around movement. And I think we are so much more likely to do it if we've said to someone that we're going to join them, if someone's going to join us. I think when we're in conversation with people, it can take our minds off the pain in our body. Um, I just think there is so much power in community. You look at Parkrun. I mean, what a brilliant initiative um, that continues to do great stuff of, of bringing people together. Um, and, and I think, you know, for a lot of people, that's a really great place to start. I could not agree more. And there's, there's usually one really close to most people's houses because they're just popping up all over the place. And don't think for a minute, like, oh my goodness, I couldn't possibly run 5k. So it's not for me. You can walk it, you can run it. You know, it's just that. Zumba it, yeah. <laughs> Zumba it, cartwheel it, anything you want. And I think it's one of those things that there's always someone you can go, oh, they're like me. You know, because I think, again, it's that perception thing, isn't it? I can't do that. You know, obviously, I my passion is triathlon. And I organise the local Norwich triathlon, plug out there, voluntary work. Um, and people have this perception that triathlon's just about, you know, really expensive bikes, really incredibly fit people. Um, but actually, it's about people with an amazing amount of motivation to want to improve themselves and to come together with a collective group of people who all want to do a bit of swimming, a bit of biking and a bit of running. And it's only when you go and watch something, because um, like a local triathlon, you go, oh, yeah, there's there's everybody here, all abilities, um, all ages, sizes, commitment wise it's just a completely different perception to what we might have so don't ever think anything's out of your reach I'd say and when you might say I can't do that it's like yet you could do it but it's tuning into why do I want to do it what is the outcome I want to get is it because for some people I'm a bit opposite to what you were just describing about the sort of friend power and that actually I really quite enjoy doing a lot of it on my own because it's my real me time. It's my thinking time. But then when I'm doing my strength stuff and in the gym, love doing that with a buddy. Absolutely love that because it is that for me, it's that's the easier one not to do. So if I make that commitment, I'm going to do it. But we just want people to move because even when you feel absolutely exhausted, trust us that when you then move your body, you'll get more energy. And of course, that's what we're about, helping you find more energy. So the less we do, the less we're going to want to do, and we'll feel really lethargic. But even if it's, you know, and we've linked in, we talked about food last time, but try and move after you eat. Because, you know, sometimes we sort of have our lunch or something at work, and then we feel really sluggish for the afternoon. You know, if you've got time, eat first, and then go for a walk because it will help your body to start to, I mean, ultimately we're eating for energy. So if we're going to move our bodies, the body's going to soak up some of that energy and stop our blood sugars going through the roof, which adds to being feeling lethargic. So just, yeah, move, start small, go easy on yourself, but just do do what's going to help you with your values and your outcomes that you want to achieve. So I think what are we taking from that? What, what, are, the, what are the golden nuggets? 
um, from that from that chat. I think there was definitely something about um, you know thinking about what's important to you. Yeah. Um, starting small, which is what we always say. Um, be kind to yourself um, and build up, build that positive momentum. Connect with others. What have yeah. I missed? And I think it's that if at first you don't succeed, keep going. <laughs> but it is, I think there's a bit there as well. Be realistic with your goals. And I think it was your, the last sort of point, what you said at the beginning, like right now in my life, this is what's manageable to keep me enjoying running. Yeah. And it's a bit of a stretch. So we know the best yeah. types of goals are, you know, they're a bit of a stretch. So for me, half marathon. So like my favorite distance probably would be at the moment is around eight to 10K. Um, so that to me, so I've got a 10K run tomorrow in the, in the new forest. That That isn't too much of a challenge. Whereas I I wouldn't choose to go out and run for over two hours. <laughs> <laughs> for a half marathon so it, it's finding that that stretch that is is enough of a stretch but isn't isn't like a crazy stretch yeah. um and and i think that is the key yeah so get moving start small and be kind thank you very much for listening and we'll see you next time <laughs>